Hey guys, what's going on? Hope everyone's doing well, staying safe, staying sane, uh, going deep in, in the Lord and family time, and just getting what we can out of this season that we all find ourselves in. Today, I did a call with my good friend, one of my best friends, Covenant Brothers, Jose Diaz. Um, Jose is an amazing guy. If you've never heard of him, you got to follow him on social media. He's dropping bombs. He is without a doubt, um, not just one of the kindest and sweetest and good friends um, in this world to me and, and just period. I mean, he's just a, a great man of God. Love him and his wife, Dana. Uh, but this guy is probably one of a handful of the most powerful, pure voices uh, regarding the priesthood, the tabernacle of David, and the worship movement. Something that we don't hear a ton of teaching about, but Jose is truly a Samuel-type prophet to our generation. And his revelation, his teaching, his words, and what he is carrying, his message that the Lord has given him, I believe is for this generation, for the priesthood, the tabernacle of David, and for the worship movement. He has some incredible insights that I know you've never heard because I frankly never hear teaching like this anywhere. It's very rare and he's one of my favorites and we just have a candid conversation. You know, we talk like we would as two friends on the phone. Uh, we often talk, you know, and, and we'll just spend an hour um, talking about everything that you hear us talking about on this podcast except for we just recorded it and i always said man we should just hit record at some point you know just to let people into the things that we wrestle with uh you know be vulnerable be transparent be real man and just share um our honest hearts and ponderings and thoughts on and really wrestlings with the lord over certain things and uh, so we talk about everything man we talk about so much. Um, so I can't wait for you to hear it and enjoy. Look, I'm going out a lot fresher, a lot more content. And, uh -huh. and I feel like I, I'm going because it's what the Lord's telling me to do, but I'm not going to get value or to or to like, look how many miles I feel like, bro, who's flown any miles? Who's like, forget status this year. And so I, I think there definitely is a healthy way. But I think today's culture, the, the and I'm not anti-social media, but the social media driven, likes driven culture has perpetuated something where, where I think we really needed to take a break. And to, dude, I think one of the most profound scriptures is that God sends Israel to Babylon because they wouldn't keep the Sabbath and God had to give the land a Sabbath. He's like, I need to make up. I need to give the land the made up time that, that you lost because you didn't do this. And I feel like God is forcing people. If we respond the right way, not, not everybody will, but you know, I think if we respond the right way, right. Where I feel like we're just going to go back. So, so fresh for, I have been so dude, I've like had bouts of depression because I feel like I'm wrestling with God and trying to find myself again, trying to find my message again and, 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 uh -huh. and, and do things because I'm passionate about it. Not because I got a microphone, you know, and, and, and again, you, you know. Yeah, I feel that bro. By the way, we are recording. 
Oh, okay. um, but I just wanted to just go, I don't know, maybe let's just go for 30 minutes. Let's try to shoot for that and just, oh, and just roll. I mean, yeah, I totally agree, bro. I feel like that my, my being forced to stop has been really powerful, bro. I had, you got to think like, so April and May for me was going to be every single weekend, bro, in some capacity or another. Chris, same here. I mean, March is going to be a huge month for me. Yeah. And bro, I was going to be literally, um, as you know, 100% of our income is from that. But what's so funny, bro, we are doing so, I don't know how we're doing it. I, I literally, it's like the Lord has said, has, has, I always would joke with Danielle, like, babe, if the Lord just would breathe on, you know, one of our worship songs and like, get, you know, send the fat checks, <laughs> you know, yeah. we could sit like, what would we do? You know, like, what would I do? And I think it's so beautiful because I've realized two things like, and we've realized this after 10, over 10 years of, of traveling and itinerant, whatever that truly it is a calling and there is such a healthy way to do it. But more than that, it's like, I realized number one, I'm not married to ministry in order to provide. I'm truly married to the Lord in order to provide. He wants to be a jealous husband that provides yeah. for us. Yeah. And I've seen that like, bro, just as a testimony of boasting in the Lord, somehow we have enough finances to live comfortably for months um, without, uh, of course, through the generous giving of people, but no solicitation. Like I've not solicited anybody to be like, Hey, it's really tough. We've just had people come out of the woodwork before this all hit and right after and go, we just feel like we're supposed to bless you. It's almost as if the Lord is saying, you have no excuses not to seek me. You have no excuses not to really just be at rest, be at peace. And to, I feel like what you said, bro, has summed it up so perfectly was this season will be dictated. The success of it or the failure will be, did you get oil? Yeah. Like that resonated with me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. And I think same thing for us. I mean, we're two months now without traveling and the Lord's provided there's money and savings. We're able to sow. I mean, I couldn't go buy a house right now, but we're alive. And, and, and it's, it's number one, God I think God is delivering us from the idea that anything in anyone but him is our provider and, and, and which is a liberating thing. But yeah, I, the, the, the Lord, the Lord just really hammered me with this, this oil thing of, and I'll just be super raw and super personal. Um, I had this, this moment with the Lord back in December and I didn't realize God was preparing me for this place. And essentially, I was praying about just some financial debts that we were in and, and just wanting to see breakthrough in some different areas. And Chris, the Lord spoke so clearly to me. He said, you're in debt in these areas. And he said, you'll continue to be in debt until you get out of debt with me and you get out of debt with your wife. And I just felt like the Lord said, uh -huh. you've, you've, you're, you've become so good at talking about me. You have... You've gained language and you know how to articulate it so well that you've gotten so good at it that you're getting to the point that you're learning to do it without me. In other words, you're, it's like it's like we've traded in the oil lamps for battery lamps. And I think the batteries are beginning to run out, like the man-made lamp deal, God's shaking it. And, and just in this time, you know, the temptation is like, I got to put out more teachings, which, which I want to. Right, right. It is a temptation. Let's talk about it. Because, bro, the temptation is, 
keep the productivity going. Stay relevant. Bro, exactly. And I've even felt the, I've felt the, um, the, the pressure, you know, of like, okay, am it, you know, everything's canceled, everything's wiped off. And let's be real. This could be past. It could be my April and May is canceled. So it might be June. We're looking at June, maybe July. Yeah. Yeah. So who will be relevant? I'm telling you this, bro. I feel like the Lord is saying, test me in this. Like, can you be relevant? Can I find you in the secret place? Can I find you not even, not just the super spiritual thing of like, are you praying, you know, and, and fasting, which by the way, we are like, we are fasting. We are praying. We are doing those things. We're having family worship. Like we're pressing. But at the same time, it's like, am I going to find you not having to have this, this false pressure, this need to want to perform and produce in this season? Can you rest? Like, remember the Jubilee, it was like you had to rest for a full year. You had that actually relevant and have, um, and not, not just relevant, but you would have a platform given by the Lord, um, even though you weren't, you know, trying to, trying to get it, trying to make that happen. It's a fine line, bro. There's a tension in that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I'm fighting with it now. Uh, well, I think we all are right. Mm-hmm. It, dude, I found in the beginning of this thing, I actually ended up being more busy than I was before quarantine because, because bro, I'll tell you, I think this in, in the age of media, in the age of always having to produce content, the fear for people is, is losing relevance. The fear is being overlooked. And really, the fear is being forgotten. And there's yeah. this fear, like, if I don't stay in front of people, right? Because why? Because, because we, and I've been saying this for years, and I feel like it's so relevant. It's, it's the Saul thing. We can't be David if we're being driven and bought and moved by the opinion of people. And, and dude, be locked in your house where you're not standing in front of everyone. It's like you have to work double time now to make sure you stay relevant. You got to work double because everybody's online. Everybody's on you. Yeah, now everybody, everybody has everyone. Like, it's like this oversaturated market. So you got and, and it's just like, dude, I have felt this piece of, of simply, man, I'll tell you again, just being super raw and vulnerable. I felt like the Lord just challenged me. Like, like I, I just want you to actually, I, I, I heard the Lord say like this, I'm just looking for someone who's willing to not be so busy that they're available to be my friend. And I feel like God is not, he's looking for friends, man. And he's looking for people that like, just even last night, it's just so crazy. how Our minds have been so turned. I, I sat just trying to read the Bible. Just trying to, you know, I, I try to follow the Torah portion every week and I'm just trying to read. And it's so crazy how in the back of my mind, we're trying to find a message, a word, a blurb. Mm, this. How and, can and, this be turned into some productivity exactly. and, and ministry? Was just, when was the last time we read the Bible? Because we just, A, we loved it. And B, we loved the author. We loved God. And we just simply wanted to know him. We simply wanted to be with him. And, and Chris, I, I feel like we're going through like a church for those that are willing, a church-wide deliverance. Yes, I believe that. And it's actually cr- quite crazy because I think that what you're going to see is uh, really like, like you said, this Saul thing where God is almost removing. I mean, dude, what is going to happen? Is it going to look 
that much different after this thing is all said and done, whenever that is. Like, could this be a shaking? Because, dude, no one's seen this. Like, I talked to my dad. My dad's in his 70s, bro. He's born in 1943. I'm like, Dad, have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, he's lived through wars. He's lived through whatever. He's like, no, I've never seen where the world was quarantined. You know, like where America was like, you've got to stay at home. The, the, the economy is, is going through. I mean, uh, who knows what will happen? But in the midst of it all, I believe that, that God's people are, are being challenged right now. Bro, I wrestle with it the same way. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, and you and I both were in that dance where it's like, I have something to say. The Lord is speaking, but I'm wondering how much to release and how much to tarry with him, with his secrets and with um, not turning everything into um, a sound clip or a Twitter uh, blast, you know, and even myself, man, like I felt so dry for this, this last probably a week of prayer. I just felt so dry, dude. I just like, man, I'm not getting anything like what's, what's going on. And I would notice I would come back from prayer and I was just being, this was last week. I was actually, I think, coping with the reality that I was going to be quarantined. But so it's like, I go, I worship, I'm praying, you know, and then I come back and I'm dealing with my wife and my children and the way I'm treating them, I'm, 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 I'm harsh. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, walking yeah. in kindness. I'm very like, and it's such a, a, a strange like picture of, so you're going and this, I posted about this because I'm like my gifts now, no one cares, bro. Like really, unless I'm just going to go online, like the, the crowd. And I'm not saying I go against the crowd just to go against the crowd, but I have a genuine wrestle, bro, in my heart where I'm like, okay, so now do I have to shout louder than everybody else to be heard since it's so oversaturated online you know, I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I'm just yeah. like, dude, no, my gifts now are my, my kids don't care how gifted I am. My kids or, or who, you know, or who's this. on your phone book, no, Bro, no, no one. So everything's canceled. So it's like, I, I don't, it's like I, the fruit of the spirit needs to be seen in my life. Where is the fruit of the spirit? And I, I was thinking about this, like how many people do you know, bro? And I know, you know them and you know, these people and we've, you know, we've seen the good, the bad, the ugly in ministry, but how many people are so powerfully gifted on stage, but in the green room or in private, there's no fruit. Like you're like, dude, I don't like being around you. Yeah. And they're absolutely mean. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not cool people. They're not kind. They're not gentle. They're not loving. They're not caring. They're not long suffering. And I'm looking at my own heart going, I want to be someone who my family enjoys to be around who they see the character of Christ in. I feel like for me, dude, that's where I'm at. I'm going, Lord, I want to walk with you in such a way where I'm literally uh, growing the fruit of the spirit in this time when ministry has been, it's almost like for ministers, the Lord has said, guess what? Like you can keep fighting, but you are shut down, whether you like it or not. And what's beautiful is I don't know many of everyone I've talked to. It seems like financially, somehow the Lord has provided and so it's like, Hey, that's not a concern. So I want you to just really like, he's causing us, making us to divorce ministry in a strange, but violent way, bro. Yeah. Well, let me, let me tell you this. I'll tell you three things real quick. Number one, 
in the beginning of this thing, I was, you know, I was trying to press into fasting and I love it. I, I want to keep doing that. But here's what happened. I would lock myself in the room, pray, read the word, do all these things. And, uh, uh, you know, Dana's pregnant. So our time is just the two of us is coming to an end in the next few months. And I kind of got hit with this realization and she just, in a really loving way to not discourage what I was doing, just was like, you know, I love that you're praying and, 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 and you're, you're reading the word. And she's like, but, you know, we've talked about how just the two of us, that's going to come to an end in a few months and how we've been so hungry for time together and just to enjoy these last few months. And it's like quarantine's going to go by and I love it. You're pressing in, but I, we haven't even had a conversation in a week. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and here's what happened. I realized that I was dealing with a fear of missing out. You know, before it was the fear of missing out ministry opportunities, uh-huh. not being invited backstage or not being, you know, you're at right. some big stadium event and, and you're, are, am I going to get called to stand on stage? Right. It, but now it's like, oh, it, oh God, I need to have a word or if I don't press it. And it's just, it's like, the, and I literally just felt like the Lord say, stop, stop. You, you don't impress wow. me. And it's crazy. Look, I my message is let's go in, let's host the presence. But I really felt like the Lord said, "You, you know, you don't impress me." And and I've not just created time for you to be with me. I've actually created time for you to be with your wife. Like like go, wow, out, enjoy your wife. And and so so that was huge for me. And then the Lord had me in in John fifteen. And you were just talking about fruit, and I've just been meditating on on fruit. And, and here's what's happened again. Jesus says, I am you, you and me, right? For without me, you can't do anything. But if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Well, we've taken fruit and we have it mean a lot of followers, success in ministry, signs yes. and wonders, healing the sick. But in the biblical context, if we are going to use the Bible to interpret the Bible, there's only one actual definition of fruit and it's character. The Dude, bi- yes. The biblical definition of being fruitful in ministry is you're nice to people. Is that you have faith <laughs> when faith doesn't make sense. It's that you're long-suffering, right? You're patient. And I love Thomas Merton says this. I read this years ago. He said, Christian maturity will not be determined by how much you learn, but it will be determined in your ability to love those that no longer seem worth it. And God's been dealing with it because we have this idea. I want to spend more time with Jesus so I can be more powerful in praying for the sick. No, I want that. I want to pray for sick people and see them healed. But, but, and I'll say this to this in a second, but, but the context of the fruit is this. It's not healing the sick. It's not casting out demons. It's not even in having a fresh prophetic word. It's being loving, joyful, peaceful, long-suffering, kind, meek. It's, it's becoming like Jesus. It's treating people with kindness. And then here's the flip side. Part of the byproduct is yes, you're going to heal people. People are going to get delivered. But man, like, 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 we got to get delivered from that. The- is so. Oh, it's so good, bro. Somebody just got healed. I need to go post it and put it out there. And it's like, man, you know something? And I'll just I'll say this and I'll kick it back over to you. But but I've been aching. I've had a conversation with a friend, and I won't say you because it's been a very vulnerable, raw conversation of where are the. Like, like we need some fresh, I'm not, there are prophets, but, but he, here's, here's, here's the deal. You know, there was an old Jewish philosopher that said something amazing. He said, the prophets were those with whom God would share his emotions with. They, the, the God raises up prophets to steward his feelings. Who is that? 
Abraham, Rabbi Abraham Heschel. He's one of my heroes. Heschel, that's what I thought, yeah. Rabbi Heschel, he says, says, God raises up the prophets simply so they can feel what he feels. And I love the culture of the prophetic, and I love the words, and I love the words of knowledge. But man, where are the people that go sit on their balconies or they go to their room and God says, hey, can I tell you something? You know, it's like, like Chris, you and I have phone calls yeah. where I'm like, hey, man, I just, I just need to be raw and vulnerable with you for a second. Yeah. And I, and I need to share things with you that I cannot share with the masses. It, imagine if you did that with me. You called me and you said, hey, can I just be raw? Man, I just, I need to bear my heart in a way that I cannot do on a platform. And then an hour later, I went on Instagram and I said, let me tell you what Chris just told me. <laughs> How abused in our friendship would you feel? How prostituted would you feel? And I'm looking at society and culture of the, the soundbite generation and and. I, where are the friends of God that God that God can trust with secrets with, you know? And 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 it's back into this the long suffering that you're willing to hold on to a prophetic word for 20 years. Well, bro, that reminds me of what you you so encouraged me, man, so many times. Um, I feel like when we talk, and that's why I wanted to do this, because I always thought, like, man, if we just let people into our conversations and our vulnerabilities, like I think a lot more people, uh, most would share even if they have a differing perspective of how to carry that out, most would share that struggle. And I'll never forget, man, when you talk about bro, the prophetic stuff and and the prophets and I love Heschel by the way, but when you talk about that stuff, like you talk about, I remember one time you called me and I've never shared this with anyone, of course, but uh, maybe my wife, but you, you called me and I was about to release this Jesus in a bar record. And you know, now we've put out a few singles and, you know, we've talked about the state of the worship movement and the state of the worship industry, if you will. And, and, um, you know, for me, I am struggling. I would call you and I said, Jose, like, bro, like I don't have the big budget to put this out. Like I don't have the budget, nor do I have one of the, what we might call the three major platforms or four, you know, a few major platforms that when you do worship on that platform, you're instantly going to be heard um, by nature of that. And because of the amount of money that is behind that, I'm like, bro, I don't have the dough. What do I do? I want people to hear it. And, and I also realized that my sound is so different and that my sound isn't going to resonate with everybody. The way I do things isn't going to resonate. Like, bro, we just put out this Enoch song. And just as a oh, point of reference, it's one like of the best words put out in the last 10 years. <laughs> well, coming from you that means a lot don't make me blush but honestly bro I, mean I, I i swear to you like this is the truth do you know that when i listen to that song this is super vulnerable but like i've not just that song but the, the album and especially that song i listen to my voice there's no voice um there's no production on it to make us sound better it's so raw and there's times in the room because the crowd is so unbelievably loud louder than you could hear on a recording obviously for for the sake of listening but it's so loud that i'm screaming almost so my voice doesn't sound pretty it almost sounds guttural and like a little bit disturbing from a perspective of wow this is so polished and pretty but it I, the lord said you can't change it and i'll never forget you calling me in december or so and you said bro i believe like jer i never saw this before you said you know jeremiah had a word inside of him he could not shake and he couldn't run from and we all know the scripture where jeremiah said 
you know, the word of the Lord burns inside of my bones like fire. Woe is me if I don't preach the word of the Lord. And we always think of that as like, woe is me if I don't preach or do whatever. But Jeremiah was like, he actually disdained at times the word that he had to give, but he knew if he diverted from what he knew the word that he was called to give and the way he was called to give it, he couldn't do it. It ate him up inside. And I feel that when you called me that that time and said, Chris, there's a sound in you, you can't run from, you can't be like everybody else. You've got to release that sound. And, and dude, I think that might be one of the most powerful prophetic words to the worship movement right now in the burgeoning, growing priesthood of people who are carrying a sound that is so different. It will never fit like a round peg in a square worship hole. It won't. And you're, it's like, woe is me if I don't release this sound. I have to release it, even if it makes me no money, even if it makes me no, it doesn't get me to, you know, signed or, or in the scene. And it's like, bro, it's, it's so, it, gosh, that is a prophetic word, bro. And I, I just feel like right now in this season, um, what if the Lord and all of the productivity and all of the stuff, what if the Lord, instead of asking people to be more productive so they can continue to try and stay relevant, I just wonder if the Lord is saying, I want you to die, be buried in the ground, be hidden, do nothing, and then I'll explode you out of secret where no man can take credit for it. Because I I almost wonder in the worship movement today, how do you, we've talked about this, and I I just want to hear your, 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 what's bubbling up in you right now. Like, how do we, bro, like worshipers who, who, you want people to hear your sound. There's something in you. Like when God created, he said, this is good. He saw it and said, it's good. And he wanted to share what he created with others because he wanted them to see the goodness of it. There's an innate thing in every creative person, I think, that wants others to validate and see it and and resonate with it. And we've talked like in today's movement, like me and you, we talk to, we have friends and I won't name those friends, but we're very, we have a pulse on the inner workings behind the scenes of the worship. We both spent hours with, a particular person we're both close with that I won't mention, but uh, we know all the dirty little secrets in the laundry. And it's like, my God, if you don't have money, then how the heck are you even going to like be heard? And it's like, what if God, yeah. Yeah. yeah, what if God right now is doing something um, that is about to just completely topple the thing over on its head? Maybe when we lose the hunger for fame to be seen, all the rest, to be on top of the heap, that's when God says, I'm going to trust you and trust this sound to go forth. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I yeah, I, um, a few things. And, I, and, and Dana and I, we've, we've wrestled with it, like even with her putting out uh, an album. And, 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 and so the first thought I have is this, is it possible that as a worship movement, we have lost just, just the value of putting out worship music as an offering to God. Have we become so overtaken and so discipled by a commodified culture, or excuse me, a culture of commodifying, a culture, a consumer culture, a relevant culture, a record sale, where, where, dude, we are in the book of Malachi. And the prophet uh, Malachi is speaking to the priesthood and essentially saying, in today's vernacular, you sing all the right songs, 
Every, you do, you have the language, but what you sing is not the reality of your heart. And what's happened is when mm. worship became an industry, it went from being an offering to a commodity. It went from being a gift to the Lord to, 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 to just numbers and metric and algorithm. And, and wow. we have to get back to the place of, of priestly language. Yesterday, the Torah portion is about the priest bringing in the fire in the altar. And it's literally instruction for offering. And it's, I mean, chapters of God giving instruction to Moses on how they are to give different offerings. There's no idea of like making money off an offering. There's no idea of cease. And I'm not against this stuff. I want people to hear me, but there's, they're not, they're simply doing it because they understand that their purpose, that they are a priesthood and that their function is simply to give the Lord something that God has put them on the earth to give them some, to give him something. And what we've done is we've lost that. And, and what's happening is we're creating a culture that subconsciously says just giving it to the Lord isn't good enough. Just being pleasing to the Lord, just perfuming him. It isn't rewarding enough. It isn't good enough. And what's happening is subconsciously we're saying two things. God isn't enough for us anymore. God isn't enough for us anymore. And number two, I think what's happened is we have lost the awe of God. We don't really know the God we're singing about. We've lost the awe of God and we've become so familiar with God. God becomes common that we'll actually lose the presence and we won't notice because we've learned how to do it without him. This is what happens to Saul where the ark now becomes an asset to build his reputation in front of people. When he brings the ark down to the battle, it's not because they valued the presence. It's because they wanted he wanted God to bless him and to, and to give him victory and to do this, this, yeah. this, that, and the other. And 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 you know, like and Dana and I, we 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 talk about this, you know, because she's not just a worship leader. She's she's an artist. She paints. And sometimes the struggle is why do why should I, you know? Because she's been people hammer this on her for years. Well, how is art going to bring any money? How are you going to do anything with art? And, and, and I remember we were just talking about this and it's like, you know, what if you just did art because it's what you were created to do? And, <laughs> and like, what would happen? What a concept. Leader, yeah. Like, Hey, I was created to worship the Lord. Whether I make millions of dollars or get famous doesn't really matter. I just want to do it because he told me to do it. And, and, and I'm telling you, and I'm not trying to sound judgmental or critical. And if I am, you know, whatever, it's really not my heart. But at some point, God is going to hold the worship movement accountable. God is, go and, and, and I know this sounds crazy, but we see this pattern in the Bible. I cannot judge someone's worship, Chris, and I won't do it. I can maybe disagree with motive, but I can't judge worship. God can, and God does judge worship. The whole message of Malachi is God is saying this, you don't get it. And I don't really care about the song. I don't really care about what I care about is the heart that is singing the song more than the how I care about the why. And, and we can do all the trainings and have all the classes on the how, but if we don't bring a generation back to the why, we're going to get to Malachi, which we're in Malachi 1.10. You know what he said in Malachi 1.10? We love Malachi 1.11. Malachi 1.10, he said, I wish somebody had the guts to shut the door, to turn the lights off and turn the sound off, because I'd rather you not show up than keep showing up and giving me something that's perverted. 
We wow. We got to get back to the place. We're just doing it. And unless I'm not, look, I, you know, you're a father. You want to provide for your family. I'm not against any of that. But that has to be secondary. We, I'll say this. And I'll kick it over to you. We have to stop measuring success by how people respond to the music. We got to get back to success being defined by how did uh. God respond to the song? How did God respond to your worship? Because at the end of the day, it's the only thing that matters. Bro, it's so true. I mean, honestly, there's, there's so much that could be said about it, but in this quarantine, it kind of feels like the lights have been shut off. You know, I'm tired of your sacred assemblies. I'm tired of your, 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 this, your, that, your, your feast days and, and your, and your festivals. I'm tired of your songs. Let justice roll like a river. I kind of feel like, and for many people, you know, there is the idea of, well, I have to do something, um, you know, in a sense, like I have to do something to, to, like the money thing, the financial thing, God has to rid the individual of that. I know for me last, last year, or I should say really 2018 was a real year of breaking where the Lord came and revealed many things in my heart and basically had it culminated in the divorce of ministry. And it's found in the book of Hosea where he says, he's talking about Israel and he says with, in relation to Gomer, you know, and he says this, he says, I, you know, Israel's like a wayward prostitute. She literally looked to all these other things to give her new wine and bread and oil, but I hedged in her way and cut off her path. So she couldn't go to those things, those idols that she thought provided for her because I was jealous to give her new wine and oil and bread, but I had to knock off her way and lure her into the wilderness so that she would learn to know me as husband and not just master. And I think for a lot of the priesthood and the worship movement, the creatives that are going to be giving language of that, that is the prophetic railroad track of where the church is going. We have to be delivered to these idols. And often it's an individual experience uh, at times where the Lord takes you and cuts off the weight. Cause dude, listen, I had ministry stop for me in 2018 in such a radical way where the Lord told me six months prior, if you don't stop going and going and going, if you continue to trust in ministry and doing it the way you're doing, accepting everything that comes, I it, basically, he said to me this, if you don't return to your first love, I'm removing your lampstand, your platform. Come on. And bro, I heard that before I got up to preach in Lynchburg, Virginia one night. He said, don't, don't start preaching. Tell everyone to be quiet. We stopped. He spoke to me that so loud. And guess what I did? I was like a little prophetic, you know, prostitute. Like we are, we hear the word and we forget it. We get, it gets us off for a minute and then we move on down the line, bro. I didn't stop. So guess what happens about four months later, after I get that word, I have two to three months of ministry complete completely shut down. Our finances dry up like dust and I'm literally left wallowing in self-pity going, everything's up. My ministry's over. No one's calling. No one cares. Everything's been canceled. It was canceled for crazy, weird reasons. Nothing personal. It was just, Hey, this happened. We can't boom, 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 boom. One after the other. And I said, Lord, if the jig is up, the jig is up. I was literally like, 
I'm going to get a job at FedEx. Like, like, bro, it's the jig is up. Like I'm literally going to go do something, bro. I literally found myself this. I've never shared this publicly, but I, I would literally love to found see you like little FedEx shorts, bro, little tiny postman shorts, dog. I literally went to this seeker sensitive church in Nashville, Tennessee to interview for a worship leader position. The guy interviewing me says, after he sees some of the, the stuff I've done, he's like, I, I kind of feel like you're overqualified. And, I, and he's like, I just, I'm not sure that this is really for you. And of course I sought some wisdom from fathers at the time. I said, I'm desperate. They said, do not do that. That is absolutely not the Lord. Dude, I was squandering. I was trying to figure it out on my own. The Lord shut me down. Finally, I gave up. I said, Lord, he's like, will you divorce ministry? Will you divorce ministry as your provider so that I can become your husband on, and provide man. for you? Bro, literally, instantly, everything opened and God set us back in the place we're supposed to be, but with a fresh perspective and a Come new on. heart. Now, I've been walking through that, right? Because I'm, I'm not saying it happened, but it's been a progression to where now I'm like, everything's canceled from my personal life. And many others are in a, in a similar position, even with career choices, right? Any career anything you're doing, it's shut down. Yeah. And we're learning that the Lord is, is going to show us that for the priesthood, man, we don't have to prostitute our priesthood in order to get by anymore that God wants to provide so that we actually become free enough to be bold and brave in the sound he's put in us without worry or fear that it won't produce a livelihood uh, and pro make us prosper. So, you know, bro, I, I feel like we're made for this time, but I think a lot of people are going to walk through that. And I hope, bro, that the sound that comes out after this time, um, I hope that some, some, something pure, a revolution of pure worship erupts and, and who knows what's going to happen. But I know this, man. I know that you need to write a book. We probably need to write a book together. We've talked about this for years. I need, like, we need so much of what you're saying. And I, you are a Samuel bro to this generation. And it's so funny that the Lord has disallowed you to be a worship leader yeah. or any type of proficient musician. Although I have seen you get up and you have played bass for me on a few occasions, but I got to get you to stop playing master of puppets or back in black or something so that we can do worship music. But I literally believe that you're one of these who is called as a voice. That's like not, just a worship leader, but you, you have more revelation than almost anyone I know for the worship movement. Dude, just to close, like, I just want to ask you, like, what do you feel in your heart uh, that like worship leaders that are listening to this creatives, some of whom may be on the track, bro, of like, you know what? I am, I am after fame. I am yeah. after money. If I'm really honest with myself, I'm, I, I want to be heard and it's, it's, I, I need deliver to that. What are you telling? Like, what's your fatherly Samuel advice for a generation right now that has a moment to, to be hidden away? Um, what is it? Because I feel like you hit it on a little bit with, it's not just about going deep in God, but it's also about looking your kids in the eye and hanging with your wife and, and doing stuff that maybe isn't so spiritual. Is there anything on your heart that you just want to like yeah. blast people with? Yeah. I, I honestly, it, 
I would encourage people, specifically in this season, uh, uh, I know this sounds crazy, but even as you said it, I, this is just what I feel. I would encourage people as much as they can, don't lead worship in public. Lead yourself and lead your family in worship. And, 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 um, and I'll say this with this. Mm. King David gives us the book of Psalms. But I believe, this is my opinion, I believe because he allows Solomon to peer into his life of worship. Obviously, Solomon writes Psalm 132, oh, Lord, remember David. But Dave, this is the mark. This is what it's really all about. Forget the money. Forget how many songs. David gives us the book of Psalms, but his son gives us the song of all songs. And, Mm. And at the end of the day, you sell records, you're famous, people know you, but will you live the sort of life that will your children want to worship the God that you sing about? Will your children desire the God uh, that you're talking mm. about? We have an opportunity right now to, to, to do it for real and to do it pure. And, and, and I would say shut it down for this next season. I mean, Chris, we were talking about this in the beginning. God sends Israel to Babylon because they refuse to take a Sabbath. They refuse to stop. And the whole purpose of Sabbath is not about not doing. It's about just doing one thing. This, the whole purpose of Sabbath is this, is that six days a week, money, business, work, life controls us. But on the seventh, we remind ourselves that there's only one God of our soul. And on the seventh, we give our thought life to one thing. We give our emotions to one thing. And I think we have an opportunity to get free of the machine, to get free of the system, and to learn to lead ourselves in worship. Not try, Don't try to write another song. And I wow. dare, and I That's dare you. That's a word, bro. Lead ourselves in worship. Yeah. I dare you. If you write songs. And I, I actually want to make a post about this because I actually feel this is a word from the Lord. I dare people... Don't try to write songs, but if you do, whatever songs you write in quarantine, keep them as a secret between you, God, and your family. I mean, I dare people, we, you know, I dare wow. people to allow this to become a cave of a doulum, to learn to lead our families in worship, to lead our kids in worship, but, but most of all, to learn to lead ourselves in worship and to find this simple, I mean, don't do, I would tell people, don't do anything in public again until you've come back to that place where you where you begin to see how your worship moves them and you get so hooked in that place you don't even notice when you rise and you don't notice when you fall you don't notice when everyone's following you and you don't even notice when no one's following you because nothing in the public changes the, the worship that's happening in front of them so anyways that's 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 my thought bro that makes so much sense i Wow, that makes so much sense, bro. I, 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 it reminds me of a dream I had from the Lord um, on the same night. I never shared this. The dream I shared yesterday on the call, um, I'm going to share that publicly at another time. But in that same dream, bro, about the dream of the priesthood and the key and the key of David and the whole thing, the sec- there was a second part of the dream I haven't shared. And the second part of the dream, and it makes, dude, what you just said gave me so much clarity for, for that, because mm-hmm. I was driving the second part of the dream with my son, Jude. Wow. And I was teaching my son, Jude, how to drive a car. And we were driving through this place. We b- began to drive over ice. And I said, so you want to do this, son? You want to do this? The car literally, 
all of a sudden, boom, went through the ice. We were on thin ice. We got out fine. No one died. But I had a laptop in the back of my car. I knew this in a dream. And it was filled with songs. And it was filled with worship. And all of these books and revelation on this laptop. And it was in there. And I knew I had lost it. And I couldn't hand it off to Jude. And I, when I woke up from the dream, the Lord said, if you continue doing ministry, the car, the same way and try to show your son the way that it's done, you're on thin ice. He'll never be able to take over the ministry as it is right now. Something has to shift. And I knew I couldn't pass it on as it was. And so I'm, I'm asking God, what is the key? He says, the key is in worship. It's literally making it so real that my son has more memories of mom and dad worshiping in the home. And by the way, it's the most awkward, the most sometimes unspiritual freaking thing you can do, bro. Like I'm literally like, like doing worship in the home. It takes such a cultivation, but I'm telling you right now, when you do that, it becomes so real because my son is going to grow up saying, no, Mom and dad retreated to the prayer room and I heard worship. My, my, the soundtrack of my childhood was, you know, mostly my parents doing worship. And every day in this quarantine, we have done worship with our family. Come on. And of course, I might add, I'm not just going to raise him up on the sounds of, of, of our worship. A little bit of ACDC thrown in there for good measure, bro. I have to, much to the yeah. dismay of religious people out there. My well, son like, is listening to a wide range of music because we need music. it all. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, like, honestly, that is the word. I feel like you just gave so much clarity because I've been pondering that dream in my heart. Like, what can I do, Lord, that my son may take the song? David wrote the Psalms, but, but his son wrote the song of all songs, which is, I believe, a great book for it. That's even end time stuff. It's the maturation of the church. The song of songs is the greatest song of all. It's the soundtrack of the, the divine relationship between oh. God and man. And it will be sang for all of eternity. And what's beautiful is the generational blessing that goes forward and increases in the glory. And bro, I want those things, but we cannot teach them a model that like something's got to shift. And I think God's given us an opportunity. And I've always said, man, God, what if I could go off the road and just, be with my kids. And now I have that opportunity. And the temptation is, or like you with Dana in this time, it's like, now the temptation is, is like, oh, I'm going to busy myself all the more with all of the online stuff. And oh, we're yeah. going to miss what he's trying to do, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm so stirred by what you're saying. And I, I, I and really, Chris, I, it boils down to this. What inheritance are we going to give our kids? And, and I think of uh, uh, different places where, where David sits Saul down right before David, excuse me, David sits Solomon down, you know, right before he's, he's, he's going to die. And he just begins to lay things out. And, and, and the question is, man, what are we, what are you going to give Jude, right? What are you, what are you going to give your kids? What are we going to give our kids? Because, because bro, if something doesn't change and we just, if we don't, here's, I'll say it like this. And I think this is a good place to let people chew on it. I'll say it like this. If we don't come back to priesthood and we only give our children the inheritance of industry in a generation, priesthood would have gone extinct. 
and 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 what's and 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 it's a what's going to happen if we just get so into industry and we just we don't give we don't give them the book of psalms as an inheritance we give them music contracts we give them Spotify we give them all the other things and they yeah. don't they don't have it and so you know for me it's like man for beyond where we're at what is the culture of worship going to look like when our daughter is born and our daughter's growing up what are the songs and what's going to happen and I'll tell you I was just thinking this. I remember studying the life of Keith Green so many years ago. And dude, how prophetic was it that that dude said, I'm not going to sell my CDs. I'm going to give them away. Whatever people can give, let them give. How prophetic, like how raw, and what would happen if somebody did that today? What would happen? Because everybody loves talking about Keith Green, but nobody wants to live like Keith Green, right? No. Loretta, Loretta Lynn said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, right? Everybody right. wants resurrection power, but nobody wants to be crucified and buried. And everybody wants to be like Keith. But I mean, what would happen if people just said, you know what? I'm going to do everything for free and whatever people can give, let them. I mean, and I'm not telling people, whatever. But what I'm saying is. is but I, it's so much about money now, bro. I mean, there is Even so more than in the day of much. Keith Green. Oh, way more, bro. I mean, I'm in Nashville. I'm in the epicenter. Everything here revolves around contracts, writing the next hit, getting into songwriters. Bro, and I'm not boasting in this because quite frankly, you know, whatever everyone's doing their own thing there's no us them good bad everyone's whatever i know what i'm called to do bro i our, our mutual friend <laughs> tried setting me up at a at a at a songwrite with a couple of of big people so i drive up to the building in nashville this is the only songwriting invite i had in two years um not that i'm trying to get into that no, world no, no. but I, he said hey get in go go to this songwrite. had a couple of big name songwriters in the industry i drive up to this this huge Christian, um, giant Christian label in, in Franklin, Tennessee. And I pull up and it was so prophetic in hindsight because I could not get a hold of anybody. I sat outside of the doors, the doors were locked. And so I sat out with my guitar. No one came to the door. I couldn't get in for an hour. I was texting people. It wasn't until I left. Everyone was like, Oh man, so sorry. I don't know how that happened. That's never happened before. That's so strange. Like dude, that was God. Like, Dude, I couldn't get into the industry. It's as if God had locked me out. And I'm not trying to be super spiritual. But no, look, bro. when Samuel grabbed Saul's robe and it ripped, it was a prophetic thing. And I couldn't help but thinking that the Lord was like, I'm locking the doors. I'm not allowing, at least for you, that doesn't mean to ins insinuate that the industry is all in itself yeah. evil or those people are evil. None of that. It's just that it was as if the Lord was saying, I won't let you dip your toe even into that stream for what I've called you to do. I think there's many others out there, bro, that the Lord won't allow because I think there's a sound for a generation that's yet almost to even come. Um, many people have, have made music for their local indigenous communities, their worship for their local indigenous communities, and have never been discovered until you know decades and decades later. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is, dude, I write and we worship for the Lord. And in the end, I just want, like it does my heart good to know that my friend Jose listened to something that was birthed out of a, a moment of worship to the Lord, like Enoch heard it, resonated with it. It touched his heart. And, and I, and I know that for me and my tribe, I'm writing, I might, I'm writing music for me and my tribe, not writing music that can corporately be saying all over the world because it works because it's, it's hitting the right, this or the right, that it's hitting the formula, but that I'm writing for my tribe. That is the greatest feeling 
And um, I hope more people will will press into that, bro. Well, so let me say this real quick. I know we got to go, but Chris, we weren't we weren't created to be a contract people. We were created to be a covenant people. And it's time to quit chasing contracts and time to start chasing covenant because covenants last for generations. Contracts get broken. Contracts get eaten up. But like, you're not my contract Man. friend. We're not friends because we make each other money. We're friends because we're covenant brothers. That means right. that in your darkest hour, I will be your friend. That means that if you went and worked for FedEx and wore little Daisy Duke shorts delivering packages, <laughs> I would be your friend. And we we, we, we got to stop being a contract people and, 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 and raising up a contract industry. And we need to get back to being a covenant people that worship a covenant God and we write covenant songs, which say whether they're famous or not famous, big or not big, it doesn't matter. I sing my songs because I'm a covenant man, not because I'm a contract man. Yes. Amen. I mean, that's the word, dude. There's been so much <laughs> good stuff. I think this is going to bless so many people. There's more where this has come from. If the Lord allows, you know, we tried to do this whole thing this year. You know, we talked, we said, bro, we need to be together. We want to be together. My thing is I'm going to make a, a, a thing with the Lord. Like, let's throw it out there. Lord, if, if, if you want, and if you got anyone who's listening to this, you know, obviously follow Jose. Um, oh, Chris. What? Yeah. You know, whatever you, you may already follow me. You may not, but just dude, I think there's so much more where this come from. And I think there's, there's so much more language to be given. And I'm going to be honest. There's not a lot of people teaching on Tabernacle of David. There's no. just not, there's just not. And, and there's, there's great stuff out there that it's been touched on and tapped on, but I'm telling you that we need more Tabernacle of David teaching. Um, there's a handful of people. I mean, and I literally mean on one hand, I could count that are trumpeting this message and Jose, you've got to be bro. Like if not, one of the only ones easily one of the top three voices that I believe if we can stay on track and quarantine, no quarantine virus wars, pandemics, whatever the world, whatever happens, we keep saying the same message. Um, and I think that the, the tabernacle of David, the priesthood is that message. So let's see what happens, man. Let's get a book out. Let's do something. Let's do it. Well, we're supposed to run together. I love you, man. I love you, bro. Yeah.